Hey there, fellow travelers of the Junlin Wastes. Mark back here again for the Traveling the Junlin Wastes podcast, the TJW podcast for October 27th, 2022. And it is a post-Andor day, or I should say post-Andor Thursday. Uh, who got a chance to uh, watch some of Andor last night? Wow, that was a powerful episode. Uh, it, it, it was... Uh, I mean, I don't know, I'll try to explain what I, what I thought about the episode. Um, I didn't get a chance around just to step up front. I didn't have a chance to uh, watch that uh, episode of Tales of the Jedi or see some of those shorts. But I'm hoping to, to, to take a look at it tonight or in the coming day or so. Um, so this is just a strictly Andor, uh, you know, review and as, as quick as I can during this lunchtime hour. So this was uh, Narkina 5. That is the name of the planet where Andor was sent. So Andor, you know, we're seeing here as he opens up here, he's sent to prison and it looks like he's going to a work camp or a labor camp. Um, this was some of the most, uh, I wouldn't say... It was heavy. I was—I used that word yesterday when I was describing um, Andor as a series. It's a very heavy, serious series. Uh, it certainly lived up to it uh, last night. Um, just some of the stuff that I saw here. The, the, the show went in different directions here. Um, first, they we were t- we were seeing Andor as he's getting sent off to prison, and then we're getting to see Deidre as she starts to uh, question Cyril Karn. I finally figured out that guy's name, <laughs> the uh, security officer who was sent uh, who was sent packing. Uh, just a quick word about that. So Deidre is really, she, she's been given the full authority by the ISB to investigate uh, what she feels is a you know rebel activity and finding this uh, Cassian Andor is going to be, um, you know, sort of like, I don't know if we'll call it the tip of the iceberg, but it certainly is going to be the start of where they can try to try to contain the rebellion a little bit more. So Deidre is questioning Cyril Karn. He's brought out of his uh, little, uh, you know, cubicle, his computer cubicle, to uh, to be asked some questions about what does he know about uh, Cassian Andor. Um, he says that that his record, he he's been sending inf- or he's been sending messages to, I guess, the heads of the ISB to try to convince them to, I guess, uh, you know, uh, clear his record. To get because I think he's he's much he's he's more concerned about his record I think than anything else. He wants to I know he talks about how he wants to uh, you know work for the Empire and be able to um, finish the job that he that he had started earlier in those first couple episodes of Andor. But uh, Deidre sort of dismisses it as that he has no more information to give that there is really no place for him to go. That he's got to stop bothering you know the ISB or 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 he's going to have to face some some tough consequences. But this doesn't stop Deidre from going around and trying to figure out what is going on. Uh, later on in the episode, Deidre, you know, is ends up back on Ferex, where she is, where she, uh, you know, detains and, 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 and interrogates um, some of our uh, characters there on Ferex. Um, they get Bix at the end. Bix is arrested and 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 is 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 brought in for questioning um, because she knows Andor, and that's what they that's what they are you know they're they're looking at right now. Um, and, and, and this is jumping around a bit, but I just wanted to get this out because this is called connecting into Deidre and, and so forth. But uh, you know, Fix's uh, friend Solomon Pock, who is that uh, repair shop owner, um, you know, tough times have hit the the, the people on Ferrex because the Empire has come into into their territory. That hotel that used to be there is now the new ISB headquarters there on the uh, on the planet. Um, Bix can't even get a radio transmission to Clea and Luthen 
um, back on Coruscant because they basically cut off all communication for fear that they could be uh, ousted by the Empire. Uh, but Bix is brought in. Um, she sees that uh, her friend here, Salmon Pak, is is was was worked over in an interrogation, and uh, it's not looking good for her right now. They want to find out where Cassian is, and they believe that she has all this information that that she can give. So um, tough times for Bix and the people on Ferrix. It seems as if uh, you know Andor's stepmother as well is also not. Um, doing pretty well. She's sick, but she is, uh, and, and she, she's, I guess she was injured while trying to, you know, injure some Imperial troops doing some sort of, uh, I, I don't know, I have to go back and listen to it, but she's not well, and I couldn't really tell whether or not she was um, injured from some sort of operation that she, that, that she was part of, or if she was um, doing stuff on her own. Um, it seems from this last episode that she had that, you know, she, she's going to stay there on Ferex and she is going to, um, do what she can to, to, to injure the empire, uh, who's on, who are on their, on her planet. And she's going to do her best to try to, uh, do what she can. And I guess in the time that she has left here, she has no desire to leave the planet. She has no, as we saw last week, she had no desire to leave the planet with Cassian. And it seems as if she is, uh, sticking it out to see, um, you know, she, she, she has the full, full, I guess, <laughs> a full rebellion within herself that she wants to, to be able to release and against the empire. So we'll see what happens with her. But uh, getting back to um, getting back to, to, to Andor on, on this prison planet, you know, uh, they get to this planet. They're they're shipped off on this ship to this. We don't have no idea. I mean, they don't th th even the prisoners don't know really where this place is. This planet that they've been sent for this uh, at this labor camp. But it is <laughs> it's sort of like a combination of uh, you know what you saw in that movie, The Shawshank Redemption, combined with sort of that feel of THX 1138 that that George had made you know so many years ago this uh, you know idea of obedience uh, you know obedience or you're going to be disciplined very badly um, so many of these like you know images that they had in this in this in this prison here were really I, th I, I thought pretty tough um, a lot of vague hints I thought also um, that that they were trying to drop to 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 remind us or to give us a hint towards towards things that we may have seen like in in in, in past history of, of awful prison camps and of awful labor camps um, I, I mean we certainly know about uh, you know how, how how labor camps were were, were operated during World War, World War II and the Holocaust and so forth and in other in other uh, atrocities that have gone through history um, but this prison camp here is is certainly, it's certainly deadly, it's certainly tough, and it's it's just not a good place to be. Um, he's brought into this prison camp, and he's being told that he is going to be part of a force that is making some form of machinery for the Empire. Um, I'm suspecting that all the stuff that we see them making in those um, construction rooms... Um, with all the all of the uh, you know prisoners there working together to put together stuff, I'm assuming that this has got to be some sort of machinery that is being sent from there to um, probably to Scarif, where parts are being put together for uh, the construction of the Death Star. And maybe they'll they'll mention that later on in the series. Uh, we meet Kino, I, I believe his name is Kino Loy, and this is played by actor Andy Serkis. And he is sort of the foreman of this entire uh, group that we know in this prison, um, or at least for his designated area. 
and uh, he's tough he says he's only got about 200 some odd days left in this prison and then he's going to go but until then he's going to run the shop the way that he that he knows he has to um, and it seems as if like the, uh, the everybody's always in a competition with each other that the uh, the teams that that make the stuff in the quickest most in most efficient way and come out with the most numbers they are rewarded with um, interesting <laughs> it's not they're rewarded with their 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 daily ration of food with some taste or flavor and those who don't um, get disciplined by getting that that awful zap that we saw in at the beginning when uh, Cassian first entered the prison where the prison guard was like and this is what will happen to you if you need to be disciplined and it's it's almost like an electric shock of sorts that's being sent because they're not wearing protective uh, footgear and their their bare feet are on that on that metal platform those metal floors and it seems that's how they, uh, these uh, prison guards discipline the uh, the inmates there. Um, some of the some of the phraseology also is really really you know tough. Um, instant fry that was one that they said like you know that that uh, happens if you if you don't do your your amount of uh, I guess your quota of work that you're supposed to do. Uh, another another interesting thing that I saw here was uh, you know even when they when they get lined up and they go back to their to their cells and they're given 30 seconds to get back into their cell before the red lights go on and if the red lights go on if you, tr you try to step out of that out of the cell you're going to be electrocuted and we saw one prisoner basically commit suicide by by doing that just having had enough of I guess of of the time that he had been in that prison that he was willing to 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 to, to sacrifice himself uh it's it's some tough stuff i mean we hear gosh i i mean like, i not only ought, don't mean to constantly bring this back to like you know uh, the real world here but uh you know you hear about crazy stories about uh, those prisoners who were in like concentration camps and who would sometimes think about running into the electrified fence uh just to end their misery in 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 their prison camp um, it seems that that's how it is, uh, and like I said, it's also it, a lot of this reminds me of what we saw in that in that movie with uh, uh, the, the the Stephen King movie uh, Shawshank Redemption, and how it was a routine uh, working machine in that prison, uh, and uh, you, you did what you did, you did you, 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 you did the work that you had to do, and if not, you were disciplined terribly. So um, a lot of that is, is, is what's coming into my mind last night while, while watching this. Um, and it's interesting that Andrew didn't really have too much to say in this episode at all. He was pretty quiet, um, just starting to learn and trying to see how, how do I operate now here in this, in this, in this prison. And they even have on, uh, in, in their prison rooms, they're almost like the countdown number of how many days they have served and how many are going, how many more that they have. But we are also told that a lot of the prisoners are saying um, our, our numbers or our, 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 the time that we have that, that we were told that we were serving here in this prison has gone up because of the operation that actually, interestingly enough, that Andor had participated in. This heist had, had reverberated across the, uh, the Empire. And as we saw from last week when uh, that ISB officer came into the conference room, basically said he had, a, he had a talk with the Emperor about what was going on and that they are going to clamp down and get very, very heavy-handed now with all the systems that they're going to make sure that nobody steps out of line. So um, it even reverberates all the way back to this prison here. 
which um, I will say it, it, it was, like I said, for me it was a little bit tough to watch. <laughs> it took me out a little bit from the, um, from what I would say is the normative Star Wars, and I spoke about this yesterday. And uh, Dan and I had gone back and forth about this a little bit on, uh, on our Facebook Messenger today as well, too. Um, he really is enjoying this, uh, this, this series. He thought this was probably, well, I think he thought, I think he said, and forgive me Dan if, I mis, if I'm misrepresenting you here, but I, I believe he said that this was, um, he thinks, the best episode so far of the show. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I think it comes back to what I, was, what I was talking about yesterday regarding the differences between those who are really taking this uh, series, uh, you know, and saying that this is, this is really the best Star Wars that we have, that we have seen. And it's it, you have the other the other group of Star Wars fans who are like you know it's it's just so unfamiliar to me that we have a story like this where it's it, it's tough sometimes to say are we in the Star Wars universe? Um, I don't think there's a right or wrong to either of these sides, uh, but I will say that I do feel that I am more I am enjoying the series and uh, it's a good story. Uh, and maybe they have to be very heavy and serious in their storytelling because this is the type of story that demands it. Um, it's, it, it definitely took the, the uh, you know, that feeling in Rogue One and, and stepped it up a couple notches, in my opinion. Uh, it, I will say one thing I did really enjoy in this episode here was being able to see Saw Gerrera again and be able to see what, where he is in the timeline of, of what's going on. He's talking about how he's hiding out in a cave and Luthen comes to him and he's he he says, like, you know, I I'll give you some some materials and equipment that you might that, that that you can use for your for your operations. But I would really like it if we could try to get together and work together to 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 start this rebellion together and to be able to force the Empire's hand to going to war with us. And Saw's like he just doesn't agree with any of the other factions or the uh, any of the other rebellion factions who are in the works right now. He feels he is the only one who has a clear idea of what has to be done and what what the steps are that need to be done with that. Um, and he just doesn't feel he feels these other these other factions these other groups are sort of like you know fakers in it and they're not really doing it for the rebellion they're doing it for their own sur own own purposes i guess their own personal purposes um behind it whether it be wealth whether it be power but uh, hopefully we're going to see a little bit more of saw and his faction um as the story starts to unfold more here in andor so uh those are just a couple of the thoughts that i had uh, like i said very heavy heavy episode for me to 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 watch um, I'm not saying it was bad. Uh, there, there were certainly some other episodes of Andor that I, I enjoyed a little bit more. But, you know, sometimes in, in storytelling and drama, you've got to have some of these very heavy-hitting moments in order for us to be able to see the, uh, the full story as, as, it, it, as, as it is portrayed and be able to bring us all the way to that Rogue One movie, which we saw a couple of years ago. So those are some of my thoughts about um, Andor today. Uh, like I said, I'm gonna. I will watch a couple of those uh, Tales of the Jedi shorts, hopefully in the next day or so, and I will uh, come back on uh, the podcast to chat a little bit more about that. One other thing I wanted to mention, just so I can bring this up a little bit, because this is sound like a real downer uh, podcast, but it's just what I was thinking. Um, interestingly enough, I don't know if I mentioned this on the last show, but uh, you know, at Target, uh, I just you know recently I saw that. Uh, 
the Black Series figures. Guys, I'm really getting into these Black Black Series figures. Uh, the Ben Kenobi from uh, from Tibidon Station. The way that he looked there in that episode, at Tibidon Station. It's a Target exclusive. It's on pre-order right now. Um, just a great-looking figure with with, with Obi Wan with the uh, with the cloak as well as the blue shirt and the lightsaber. Uh, I, I, I really want to pick up this figure here. It's on pre-order, so I'm, I'm, I'm debating whether or not to put it on pre-order or just wait for it to come to, uh, come to the stores, which I think is probably going to be around uh, the beginning of January. And Hasbro Pulse also this, this past week had dropped a whole bunch of stuff. They were uh, dropping their, their new retro uh, Return of the Jedi figures as, as we're going to be starting to celebrate the 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi. Uh, there were some other, uh, I think, six-inch figures as well, too, um, specifically from Return of the Jedi, Jet, Return of the Jedi that are going to be uh, coming out as well. But the one thing that really stood out for me is they are now coming out with a Force FX Luke Luke Skywalker lightsaber from Return of the Jedi, the green lightsaber, which looks fantastic. Uh, I think I had mentioned uh, at a previous podcast that I'm really thinking about that that Ray lightsaber um, as well too. But those two would look great on a shelf together. Wow! And especially now with their with those special uh, you know stands that you could put on your bookcase. You could take the blade off. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to have the blade in it. But uh, if you want to put the blade back in, you could turn it on. It still works. But when you want to just display it, uh, it's perfect, perfectly sized uh, lightsaber hilt stand that you could put it on. So um, I'm told that, that that Luke's lightsaber is not coming out until next year sometime around May. So I'm assuming maybe sometime around May the 4th it's going to be coming out. Uh, until then, I still have uh, the... Uh, <laughs> I still have... Uh, the uh, I guess the ability to try to save up for that uh, Ray Skywalker uh, yellow lightsaber that is uh, that is out right now in in stores and on eBay and on other other places. Uh, maybe some of my uh, maybe I could put that down on my holiday list and somebody will uh, pick it up for me. But uh, that's all for today here on the Traveling Gentleman Waste Podcast. If you want to send me a message, go to the Traveling the Gentleman Waste Podcast Facebook page. Send me a message, and I'd love to hear what you think about what you thought about this episode of Andor. Uh, what are you collecting these days? What are you reading these days? What are you thinking Star Wars-wise? I'd love to hear from you. Okay, that's all for today. I hope everybody's having a wonderful coffee break, lunch break, and we will talk to you soon. Have a good one, all.